Hello and welcome again to the fellow cast and today Garth and I are ready to bring our own Bibles to this Bring Your Own Bible episode. I've got mine, yeah. You have. Yes. We have already brought our Bibles. Uh, we have numerous uh, Bible translations around in this office, so, so we'll be alright. So if you have, are joining us today, it's good to have your Bible with you as Garth often refers or he always refers um, to specific scriptures and it's always fun to follow them in your own translation and to to figure it out for yourself in that way but today we're on episode 93 yes and we are starting off in numbers yes and you're gonna kick us off with the genealogy that we spoke about before and i think it was the the third episode of this series the bring your own bible series i'm gonna try not confuse myself it's episode number 58 on the fellow cast and it's genealogy number three i'm just putting it up front you'll refer back to it as we go yes because um the book of numbers actually starts with the lord commanding moses to say have a census of the nation and um we're not going to refer to all the detail because we had a whole discussion about the genealogies before so go back to that episode is it 58 58, yes and go and listen through it if you want to get more details on it but that's basically where the name of the book comes from, the book of Numbers. Mm. Um, and I think it's unfortunate in many people's minds because the first couple of chapters are just filled with this detail of the census, just a whole bunch of names yeah. and numbers and stuff. Um, so then often people stop. Mm. But the truth is the book of Numbers has the most interesting stories of the Exodus mm. that we find. So basically, Numbers is the story of the 40 years in the desert. Yes. At the beginning of the book, we're going to see they're going to go to the border of the land, and then they're going to go out. Okay. The name Numbers, though, is very significant in the book because it starts off with a census right at the beginning of the book. While they're still at Mount Sinai, mm. they've got that census. And it seems like that's about two years into the journey, just before they're about to leave. They've got the census. Um, we told that, that, or Moses is told, count all the men 20 years old and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody that will be able to fight in a battle, yes. go and count those people. Uh, the number comes to 603,550. That's in chapter 1, verse 46. Okay. Um, very significant because then after the 40 years is done, uh, God must, he tells them everybody that's 20 years old and more will pass away in the desert. Mm. And so for the next 40 years, in all these many ways that the book tell us about, they pass away all and are buried people. in the desert. Sure. At the end of the book, God again tells Moses, have a census of the people. You're on the plains of Moab. You're about to go into the promised land. So count the people. And uh, if you turn to chapter 26, verse 51, we told it's 601,730. So let's say it about 2,000 people less okay. in terms of men. 20-year-olds and more. So 40 years later, they're basically on the same number, but yes, it's a whole new generation of adults Mm. that's about to go in. So um, absolutely, what God says happened. (laughs) A new generation went into the promised land. And in that, the book has a bit of a picture for us as Christians of God sanctifying us, Mm. cleansing us out, taking all the lack of faith out of us so that we can go into the promises that he has given us. Mm. It's a beautiful Mm. picture. Yeah, it is a beautiful picture. I never saw it like that. Yeah, it really is the picture of sanctification for us. God takes you out of slavery of sin, but then he needs to get 
that slave mentality out of you. Otherwise, you will never walk in the promises. Yeah. So a new generation, a new you needs to walk in victory. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, so we're going to skip over that entire story. Um, there's quite a bit of that. You'll also see that um, there's these three groups of Levite priests. Mm. Uh, the Levites are taken as a census. There's this whole transaction with God. You can go and listen to that and uh, again, episode yeah. 58. But then he breaks them down into three groups. What you can read in that is God is getting them ready to move because they've now, at the end of the book of Exodus, they've built the tabernacle. Um, in the book of Leviticus, they are told how to serve in the tabernacle. Mm. The Levite priests are told what's their instructions, how must they go about these things. Um, and then now in Numbers, we see, oh, God is grouping them to be able to move the tabernacle mm. so that they can start moving. Um, and it's basically the three clans uh, okay. or the three sons of Aaron. As the Kohathites, the Gerashonites, and the Merarites. Okay. Um, the Kohathites are told, you're going to move the holy stuff. So the Ark of the Covenant, the um, bronze laver, the uh, altar of burnt offerings, those li that little table, the lamp, all of that, they have to wrap it up in cloths and they have to move that. That's it's their, their job. job. And consider it's over and above the fact that they <laughs> they're moving all their personal belongings yeah. as well. So it's a great privilege in brackets, yeah. but it's hard work. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. And then the Gershonites are told they need to move the curtainings and the tent. Okay. Uh, but not the poles. The mirrorites have to move the structure, the poles, the bases, the all of those kind of okay. things. And so they're pretty organized. Yeah. Everybody knows that's my job. <laughs> Our clan needs to make sure that gets to the next place. Yeah. And then there's this whole thing as well. Uh, it just shows me something of God's practicality, the order in which they need to move. Mm. So first of all, the holy things needs to be wrapped up, taken out. Then the guys need to take the curtainings, get that wrapped up. By the time that they've got that wrapped up, the mirrorites have to start moving with the poles. They're going up ahead. Yeah, so that goes first up again. So by the time that the uh, the Gershonites are there with the curtains and the cloths, the structure is up. They cover it all, yeah. curtain it all up. By the time that they're done, the timing needs to be that the Kohathites arrive, going. put the stuff in its place, and the Levite priests are ready to mint yeah, minister. Yeah, wow, amazing. Just so practical. The no time that wasted. God give. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There needs to be a way of doing these things. Sure. It speaks to God's order. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it? You can definitely see that in, in, in those instructions. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. All right. So let me read for us then. We're going to start off at the end of chapter 6. Um, okay. And we've just jumped over the census and all of these kind of things. Um, and there's a couple of instructions about the Nazarites. And so all brilliant stuff, but we'll hear about the story. So let's read the end of chapter 6. It's just one of those most beautiful passages, the blessing. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And so you will put my name on the Israelites, and I will bless them. This is a massive cause for study. Mm. Eh? What does it mean at the end of it, after that blessing? It says, you will put my name 
on them. You've got a different translation. You want to read those couple of verses for yeah, us? Yeah, sure. From verse 22, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses and said, Tell Aaron and his sons how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. And in this way they will and in this way they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. What is that? <laughs> you will put my name on the mm. Israelites. You remember when Moses had that meeting with God on the mountain? Yes. And all of that, what they've been doing now is a consequence of that meeting, right? Yeah. The Lord's yeah. saying, build this tabernacle. In chapter 7, directly after this blessing, they're about to consecrate and set up and start to use yeah. this tabernacle. So this blessing is right ahead of this. Mm. You're going to put this thing up and you're going to start blessing them. <laughs> all right? Um, he's saying, listen, you're my people. And what did the Lord say when he said, I will cause my glory to go ahead of you? Yes. He declared his name. Yeah. I'm the Lord. Slow to anger, gracious and compassionate. Uh, all of those things. Yeah. And he says, that's who I am. That's my glory. That's my name. All right. Now he's saying, you're putting my name on them by speaking blessing over them. Life yeah. on them. My face is shining towards them. Sure. Okay? There's something really significant. Yeah. So they, they set up or they consecrate the tabernacle. And then when they get ready to move... It says, the glory of the Lord came into the tabernacle in chapter 9, from verse 15. On the day the tabernacle, uh, the tent of the covenant law was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked like fire. And then there's for me some of the strangest or funniest. There's a bit of humor in the repetitive novice of it. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites set up camp. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out. And at his command, they set up camp. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle for a few days. At the Lord's command, they would set up camp. And then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. It just keeps on up until verse 23. This repetition, this hammering in the fact, mm. if the cloud didn't move, we didn't move. Yeah. When the cloud moved, we moved. Yeah. All right? Just... The Lord physically became the, the heart in this nation. Yeah. Where he went, they went. Yeah. If he stayed, they stayed. That's the whole symbol of the tabernacle, mm. God His in presence. the midst of us. And he's directing their footsteps through the wilderness, taking them to the place that he promised mm. them. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. I just keep thinking about all the setting up and setting down yes. of that tabernacle every time. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. So here we go again. And it's beautiful, the, the emphasis. You realize it's work and effort and everything. Yeah. And maybe we're just getting comfortable. And why do we have to get up again and move again? Yeah. But it's emphasizing the obedience. Mm. The God became our commander-in-chief. He told us to move. Yeah. Um, and it's a physical thing that you could see by day and by night. Yeah. It, God is with us, and we just stick with God. Yes. Yeah. I, I've been thinking quite a bit about the presence of God and you know, the price that we're willing to pay 
to have more of God's presence. And yes. I think that this speaks to that, you know, are you willing to do the work? Like you said, you know, yeah. are you willing to, to move where he moves you, even though it, it, it requires maybe some, some work um, so that you can not um, miss the cloud, miss yes. his presence or not, not be led by him. You actually want to put yourself in that position that you always can see where he's going yeah. um, regardless of the cost. Yeah. Can definitely see it in that. Absolutely. And then they've got this method in chapter 10, and we're about to stop with this session. But uh, it's the silver trumpets, which is just a way of communicating. Mm. All right. The sketching fuzz, they're getting structured, ready to move around. And they need, they're a big group of people, and they need to know what's cooking. Mm. Um, and then uh, the climax for me of this beginning of the book, where things really start kicking off, verse 11. On the 20th day of the second month of the second year, the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle of the covenant law. So it's the first time after they set it up and it came down for the first time, it lifted up. Then the Israelites set out from the desert of Sinai and traveled from place to place until the cloud came to rest in the desert of Paran. They set out this first time at the Lord's command through Moses. And they had this whole structured way of moving, which... Uh, tribes must move first and how they must set up when it settles down in the evening again. Yes. Um, but now for the first time, after two years and a few months, they keep going. By this time now, they've already had the Passover festival as well. That would be the third Passover that they celebrated. Mm -hmm. So the first one was on the day that they left Egypt. It was a year later at Sinai. They ate the second one. And then after the third one, it's literally two months and a few days. They picked up, ready to go. Okay. So just the picture of what's been happening here. Remember, they left Egypt as slaves. God brought them to a mountain, started giving them laws and instructions, said, you're a different kind of people now. Hmm. I need to teach you how to live so that when I, you come to that land I'm going to give you, that you'll live a blessed life hmm. and you can keep that land for a long time. Um, so they've been learning. They're at the foot of the mountain yeah. in God's presence, how to live, how to be. Hmm. And now they're set up. They're ready to go. Ready to go into the, the rest of Numbers. <laughs> into the rest of Numbers, yeah. yeah. If you won't mind, I'm starting to read ahead um, because there's a lot of story hmm. in it, but there's a theme. There's really two things that's about to happen in the book of Numbers. Okay. The first thing is complaining. Hmm. And, um, yeah, I've spoken to my kids about this a couple of times, and I have to remind myself, mm. humbly, eh? as, kid, as parents, we tell our kids stuff that we need to learn. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just how God absolutely hates grumbling. Yeah. I was just this week again convicted of again in my own heart. Just stop grumbling. Mm. Uh, the way in which God responds to grumbling in the book of Numbers is just for us such a vivid picture that unthankfulness is for him horrible, horrible pastor. Yeah. Um, and it's it's strange how comfortable we are with it in the culture that we live. Mm. It's just grumbling is just part of communication online. That's true. Part of lunchtime or part yeah. of tea time around the thing. That's just what we do. Yeah. Um, and the second thing is rebellion. So, for grumbling and for rebellion, we're about to see that, what's the number over there? 603,550 people are about to die in the desert. Because of that. It's through those two things, literally, mm. um, that it's about to happen. God's response to it is, I cannot bear it. I need to cleanse that out of you. You cannot move with that 
into the promised land. Sure. So just again for us, the picture, make it part of our Christian life. We cannot live in the promises that God give us if those two things mm. are in us. Mm. Grumbling, which is unthankfulness, yeah. and rebellion against all the leadership that God places over us. Sure. Mm. That would definitely be a great challenge for us who've been listening along to uh, yeah, ask God to reveal in our hearts where there's unthankful and unthankfulness and grumbling and also rebellion so that we don't miss the promises of God so that we can actually enter our promised land so to speak and and maybe just as in ending off I'll read this blessing over us again it's something that we that we hear in song quite often nowadays but I'll read it over you and may this be the blessing over your life in this next week and every day after that but especially for this week until we get together again for this bring your own bible episode so the lord bless you and protect you the lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you the lord look with favor on you and give you peace Amen.